Hi, this is Paula. And I'm Joseph, and you're listening to Life Lived Better. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We're so excited to have you here. Joseph, how have you been doing? I've been doing well. Everything's going well, just staying busy and trying to practice some self-care and take care of myself amongst all the stuff that I have going on. But I'm managing. How are you doing? Good. I've been also trying to do a little more self-care. I've made a commitment to start saying no a little more often. We'll see how long it keeps up, but so far, so good. As long as I've known you, you've been incredibly busy. I've overcommitted myself. I had to a little come to Jesus with someone I committed something to. They're like, you know, I need to hear from you. Like, I can't take a whole week till I hear from you. I'm like, you know mm-hmm. what? I overcommitted. I apologize. I don't like feeling that way. So I'm going to have to say no more often. Yeah. I did get to see my son. He came home for a visit and that was, that was great seeing him. Awesome. And he had only been in like classes for two weeks and he already had learned so much. I, I couldn't even understand some of what he was talking about. And he showed me some of his textbooks and notes he had been taking he had an outline that was like 12 pages long and it wasn't finished I was like I don't I don't even understand this I don't I don't understand this whole thing but obviously he's enjoying school that's good I always find it easier to learn whenever I enjoy the topic oh yeah absolutely that's there's nothing worse than sitting through something that you just don't have any interest in whatsoever he's in meeting judges and attorneys and wow already yeah like the first week it was all a orientation and he he learned i mean district judges federal judges i mean just all kinds of people so many connections people that talked about internships they can do and just so much they i'm really impressed with that school it is a small place it has like less than ten thousand students Mm -hmm. and it's they do a lot for their students. I'm, I'm grateful he picked that particular university. That's great. Yeah, it is. You and I were talking a little bit about friendship, and we decided that we would talk about friendship as an episode. Mm-hmm. I think there's a little more to friendship sometimes than than we think. Absolutely. There's definitely, I've learned in my life, kind of, you know, the old saying, like, friends are here for a reason or for a season mm-hmm. and I've, I've learned that you know there's always lessons in friendships yeah I think it's sad sometimes because I invest in friendships heavily mm-hmm. and sometimes when they're just a seasonal friendship I get really sad if mm-hmm. that relationship ends yeah definitely one of my very first clients brought me that poem so many years ago that a reason a season or a lifetime about mm-hmm. friendships poem. And I was struck by that. So we talked it through and talked about, like, we would talk a little bit about what, I mean, what are friendships, you know, and how do you find a friendship? And, and then once you find it, how do you keep it? And then that part that's kind of sad is then how do you let it go? You know, mm-hmm. when do you need to let it go? Well, I think you put together some fantastic information regarding all of that. So let's dive in. Start with the definition of friendship. Uh, The information defines friendship as a relationship of mutual affection between people. 
a deeper dive showed and defined it as a stronger connection than an acquaintance or an associate, the key features of friendship being characterized by reciprocal trust and support. I like that. Um, yeah. Do you know people that say like, oh yeah, that's my friend. Oh yeah, that's my best friend. Oh, I know them. We're friends. And I mm -hmm. think, how do you have so many friends? <laughs> yeah. And maybe those are acquaintances or associates. And that's just because kind of, we do throw that word around friend. Mm -hmm. Individually, we probably have like personal definitions of what a friendship is versus mm -hmm. I hear people say associates and that always makes me giggle a little bit. You know, I look at Facebook and I see, you know, you have 500 friends. Well, I don't have 500 friends. I have 500 people connected to me through Facebook, but most right. of those people, you know, a handful of those people I would consider close, good, best friends. Most of them I would say are more acquaintances, mm -hmm. networking. I'd be really interested to know like what Facebook has done to how we define friendship mm -hmm. because we do. I mean, I have like over a thousand people I'm connected to on Facebook and they call them friends and some of mm -hmm. them really are friends. Some of them I've never met in person. Yeah. So that's... <laughs> I think it's done like good. It's done some good and it's done some harm because mm -hmm. I think the good and that it's connected us to people that maybe we haven't been connected to or wouldn't have known how to connect to, but harm in that it makes you feel like you're a part of these people's lives because you're seeing their posts and seeing their activities, but you may not speak to them for months or years at a time. Mm -hmm. I've seen like I've reconnected with people, probably everyone I went to high school with and mm -hmm. I may not like actually recognize them if I walked by them you right. know, in, in public because also I don't think we put, every, we don't put our whole lives on Facebook. Some people do, right. <laughs> but most people only put the highlights and the stuff they want you to know. There are some people who put all the drama and all the goods and the bads and the indifference, but I think most of us just highlight what we want people to see on there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, are you thinking of someone? <laughs> I know some people that list like just details about their life and their health and things like that, that I just would not want to be public knowledge. I've decided, I know one person I mutually know among me and some other people. And we, we've decided that the person must like talk, talk to text onto mm -hmm. their phone because it sounds exactly like them. And it's mm -hmm. like three paragraphs long. And they don't update us much, but when they do, it's three or four paragraphs and there's no periods, commas, anything. It's just like, exact, and it would be, it's exactly like they would talk. <laughs> just one run on exactly. sentence. <laughs> so I, uh, I know that there are benefits to having friendships, but I mean, like for you, what do you, what, what is it, the benefit for you to have a friend? I think, you know, having people to kind of bounce ideas off of, get opinions, you know, people to support and also to support other people mm -hmm. um, through issues, through life issues, the ups and the downs, um, having people to kind of engage with and spend time with, go out to eat with, like social activity. Um, but I also, you know, I think my close friends, I know them deeply and and they know me deeply and and know kind of when you know, when I'm going through something that they're going to reach out or they're going to be the ones that, you know, are going to be there to listen mm -hmm. and, you know, really kind of give me good, honest feedback. Yeah. I feel like inclusion is one of my biggest um, 
needs. Like if I put that in, in a value, you know, I, and I want to be included. So having a friendship is a place that I can get that need met. And I also like know that the couple of close friendships I have that people, the people that I trust, they don't judge me. And it's like, they confirm my sanity to me, you mm -hmm. know, like mm -hmm. I can run things by them and they can say, ah, oh, you might've not taken that, uh, you know, as the person meant it, or they may say, no, you took that right on. And you're exactly right how, about how you feel. It's just like some confirmation for me. Right. And I trust those people that I turn to and I don't feel like I burdened them. Yeah. Well, I know we also researched a little bit about this, like that there are researched benefits of having a friendship. So why don't we run through those? Yeah. So there's a few of them here. Um, friends can make your life more enjoyable. Yeah. You know, like I mentioned, help us through like those difficult times, mm -hmm. good and bad. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they can also protect us against loneliness and isolation. I know during COVID that, you know, just having some people to connect to was a big deal for so many of us. And like I mentioned earlier, they can increase our sense of belonging and belonging is a essential human need. Mm -hmm. And help us reduce our stress and increase our happiness. You know, they're going to help boost our confidence and self-esteem sometimes. Our mm -hmm. self-worth and our value sometimes yeah. can be validated through those relationships. And I think if we have a diverse group of friends, we can also learn from them. They can challenge us and kind of help us be the best person that we can possibly be. I enjoy a good challenge. You know, I think sometimes we get so stuck in our thinking that that's one thing a good friend can help with is really challenging you on mm -hmm. your your perspective. Completely. And, and then on the total flip side of that, sometimes not to be challenged and just to be kind of added, you know, like just mm -hmm. pat me on the head. Like, it's okay right now. I don't, you don't True. have to do anything. You can just be for a minute. I like the flexibility of that, of, mm -hmm. of having somebody who can do many of those things in our lives for us. I, I thought it was great to read, like even the Mayo Clinic says that friendships can improve our overall health makes sense if they do all of those things we just talked about. Yeah. So I mentioned earlier about people I know that say like, this is my friend and there's like hundreds of them. How many people do we need? I mean, how many friendships do we need in our life? You know, I think this is one of those highly debated topics. Like some people feel like, you know, it's a quantity. Some mm -hmm. people feel like it's a quality. Mm -hmm. So I think quality over quantity would be my view. So, you know, having, having a handful of friends that are my close tight knit folks and then having, you know, obviously people that are more like you said early associates or yeah, acquaintances. Exactly. And I know at different times in my life, it's been different of what I was needing. There was a time in like my professional life, I was really into our professional association and mm -hmm. I felt a security and a confidence professionally and probably even personally by knowing many people in our profession and going to a lot of those events. And that's changed over time as I think probably I've become more confident in my own abilities and my own ability to have resources and, and a network that uh, I don't, I'm not as involved as I used to be. I'm just at a different season in my life, mm -hmm. you know? So how do we create friendships? That's something that's always, I, I find myself having this conversation with clients mm -hmm. pretty consistently because, you know, people are lonely. 
-hmm. I think with COVID, like the isolation kind of kicked in and people were having trouble, like, you know, reacclimating and socializing and um, some friendships kind of dwindled through that time and kind mm -hmm. of ended. Yeah. Um, so, but how, how do you, I, I think as kids, it's a lot easier to make friends. You just are like, Hey, you want to be my friend? And you're going to school every day. Right. You right. know, you're, you, you've got this built in network of people to choose from. Mm -hmm. I, I remember vividly a conversation I had with my son when he was a freshman in college, all of his friends went to different schools. Only mm -hmm. one of the people he went to high school with went to the same university as he did. And, uh, they were different majors and they were friends, but they only saw each other once in a while. And mm -hmm. I remember him standing in the kitchen saying, mom, how do you make friends? Like I, I've never had to do it before. I've always, you know, we had our group in school. He had his group in football. He had, you know, he just had these pre-made groups and they're all dispersed. And he said, I know these, these friendships will not be the same thing as they used to be. I may maintain them, but they're not going to be what I need on a daily basis. And I was like, uh, good, <laughs> good question. I said, most of the friends I've made in my adult life have been through work. Mm -hmm. So that's a good question. And, and he's in these courses, you know, his freshman year where there's 300 people in his class. It's not an intimate group where he can just turn to someone and say, want to go have coffee. So I was like, huh, get out the Google, <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's see, how do you make friends? Yeah. And uh, he, thank goodness he, he on his own just started doing a lot of the things that uh, it, it suggested. And he ended up developing a great group of friends that today, I mean, one of them will be the best man in his wedding. They just, he went out and cultivated it. And thank mm -hmm. goodness he did because shortly thereafter, you know, COVID happened and thank goodness he had that group throughout some of that. Yeah. That's awesome. So let's, let's look at it. We know that it's a good thing to have them. So what do you do? I mean, we, we move, we change jobs, we lose a friend. We might even like change who we are. Like if we have a child now we need, we might want friends that we are not looking for friends to go clubbing with on Friday night. We're looking for a mommy and me play group, you know? Mm -hmm. So how do we do this? How, if we need, if, if someone's out there looking for a way to start friendships, let's look at how we do it. Yeah. So there's a couple of examples. Um, one was like reconnecting with old friends. So maybe just kind of going through your contacts and maybe through Facebook or through your social media and kind of looking at, you know, people that you maybe had a connection with that you would like to reach out and maybe try to rekindle that connection, re, you know, engage in that friendship. And I'd say um, definitely the healthy ones. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I'm tempted to reach back to people that don't need to be in my life. They're like they're gone for a good reason. Yeah, that's true. Um, when, when you find a friend, like it's really important to stay connected, to make them a priority and make sure that you're communicating and that you're staying in touch. Mm -hmm. um, that's something that I think is, is crucial in a friendship. Absolutely. And introduce yourself to neighbors. You know, that's um, we have built in opportunities like every day if we walk outside of our home so mm -hmm. introduce yourself to a neighbor go comment on their yard their cat or whatever say hi i'm paula yeah i have we have a really good 
friend of ours that's a neighbor and she came over and I probably talked about this before but put a note on our front door at Halloween saying that she really enjoyed our Halloween direction our Halloween decorations and that she had just moved into you know her her address and we went over and welcomed her and took her some some coffee and some eggs and from the chickens and um, we've just been kind of fast friends ever since. So I love that. And what a risk it is for both of you to have done mm-hmm. that. I mean, it is a risk to reach out to somebody you've never met before. But if you hadn't done that, if either one of you hadn't done that, you wouldn't have the friendship you have. Mm-hmm. Is she the one that's moving? Yeah. Unfortunate. She just based um, on her house and her yard, she looks like a great person. Yeah, she is. She's a sweetheart. And then I, one thing we could also do is like consider connecting with healthy family members. I know our family is not necessarily friends, but we can create friendships with family members. Mm-hmm. I think some of our closest friends are oftentimes family. I know I'm super close to my siblings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've got cousins galore and some of them I just love. I mean, just, just love being around and laughing with. Yeah. I think, you know, along those lines, taking risk and asking people, you know, let's go to coffee, let's go to dinner. We actually just went to dinner last night with a couple that we met randomly and they had invited us to their uh, Halloween party. And I was like, well, let's, you know, I don't, I don't really know these guys. So I said, why don't we grab dinner, you know, before so we can kind of, you know, get to know each other a little bit. So we went and had dinner last night, had a great time, great visit, really neat guys, you know, we'll probably be, you know, friends in the future. and be able to grow that relationship. But that's something that probably years ago I wouldn't have done. I would have talked about it, but not actually followed through mm-hmm. with it because I'm I'm a little shy, a little introverted when it comes mm-hmm. to meeting new people. Yeah. So taking those risks can be, there can be a big payoff. It is a risk. I also think, because sometimes when you take the risk with a neighbor or something, what if they're a nightmare? Yeah. You know, and then you can't get rid of them, you know, it's like there, there could be really good things, but so it, it there is a little risk involved. Yeah. That's why we kind of do it a little at a time. Like you, before you go to the party, you go to dinner, you know, that's mm-hmm. a little less of a risk than being at, in someone's home or, or something. Right. We can also ask me, uh, friends that we have, if, if, if there's somebody we meet through that friend, we can say, Hey, can you connect me with them? I'd like to get to know them. I know mm-hmm. professionally when people say, oh, yeah, I know a lady that does something, something regarding counseling or something. I'll say, oh, would you send me an email and send, you know, put them on there and introduce us? You can mm-hmm. do that with friendships, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's the same neighbor I was telling you about. Like we met probably five or six people through that kind of relationship. I met her realtor who then introduced us to like her wife and then their neighbors across the street and then their neighbors introduce us to some other neighbors. And so we've gone to their block parties and then we introduce them to a couple of our friends. So it's gone from, you know, one person to a circle of 10 people mm-hmm. and we're all pretty close. So, and you know, everywhere we are, I mean, it, it, all throughout the day, we run into people. I think you're just at the grocery store. You run into people. I mean, take a risk, ask somebody mm-hmm. out for coffee. Yeah. I always envied that about my sister because she, she, I, we always say like she could never meet a stranger. She never met a stranger. So she would just walk up and talk to anybody about anything. And, you know, just was one of those people that she didn't have any fear in that mm-hmm. department. Oh, that's a huge skill. I, I'm, I, I'm not there, at least yeah. not today in my life. So other than walking up to people and asking them for coffee, what are some other ways, you know, as adults, we can meet new people? 
Well, there are places we can go, things we can do. Like number one, just look at community events in your in the community where you live, clubs, meetups, people that share mutual interests. If you're interested in something in particular, find out where people that do that go in your mm-hmm. neighborhood. I mean, do a Google search, right? Your city plus meetups or your city plus art plus meetups. Just whatever you're looking for and then go and the, you will find, you know, your people there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's, there's like an actual meetup website that I have a friend that she's personally that has a ton of different groups and things that you can kind of get involved in. And so there's, there's tons of options, mm-hmm. something else that can be really good is volunteering your time. Yeah. Cause you're where you're volunteering. It is probably something that's, you know, close to your heart. And so you'll mm-hmm. meet people who have that same, you know, kind of interest. Yeah. Taking, you know, a cooking class or taking, you know, yeah. some kind of, community-based class where you meet people that are like-minded kind of interested in the same thing that you're you're studying and painting painting uh those wine painting yeah. classes that you can painting take with like, a twist yeah 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 stuff like that yeah those are very cool and you can do that on your own you don't have to have someone with you to mm-hmm. do it you can sign up all on your own and why not do it and I've taken a cooking class online but it wasn't the same as taking one in person right because you don't meet each other the same. But, and when someone invites you, accept the invitation. Take mm. that risk too. Yeah. You can meet people like taking walks, going to the park, like, you know, community-based activities. Like there's, there. I, I think if we really kind of stop and think about, like we interact with people pretty often. So if you can take those risks and be willing to, you know, put yourself out there and ask people, you know, start up a conversation, see if there's some common interest and then take that to the next level. Yeah. And if you don't have a current interest, you know, join something, look Mm -hmm. into what interests you. And I know a lot of faith communities in our neighborhood have pre-made groups and things that already exist. I know Mm -hmm. I drive by a church down the road that has a sign all the time, like it says divorce question mark, you know, join our um, uh, support group. Well, if you're going through a divorce or you're recently divorced, that's a great place to meet people with similar that they kind of get you because they Mm -hmm. know what's going on in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And then once we get the friendship, we get the connection. How do we nurture it? How do we keep it? How do we build it into something, cultivate it? I think being kind, being a good listener, uh, being willing to open up and share is really Mm -hmm. important. You know, obviously, you want whatever you share to be received in a safe space and safe environment. So, you know, you may need to get to know someone pretty well before (laughs) you really like, you know, tell them everything that's going on with you. But, you know, being open about ourselves, I think is really important. A lot of times we go into situations where we're guarded and it's Mm -hmm. hard. It's hard to get past that when you're trying to get to know someone and they have their guard up. It's really hard to kind of figure out what's going on with them emotionally. Sometimes it feels a little personal, like there's a disconnect. So I think just practicing being open is really important. That really is. And in addition to, you know, you're looking for people you can trust, we have to be people who can be trusted. Mm-hmm. And it's scary to do, but kind of just manage your nerves, you know, don't show all that anxiety to the other people, of course. Yeah. And then being a good friend, like what are some specifics that 
you can do to be a good friend? What does that look like? A good point. Like if we're looking for friends, we need to be a good friend, you know, mm -hmm. and good friends say nice things to each other. You know, they compliment each other. And I don't mean like empty made up, Oh, you've got great shoes, that kind of thing. But I mean, they they compliment one another's strengths. They they mm -hmm. share people. They make them feel good about themselves, you know? Yeah. Supporting each other. I think something else is, you know, embracing our differences. So understanding that not everybody is going to have the same beliefs or the same opinions on certain topics. And so not sometimes that's a deal breaker, but it doesn't always have to be. Sometimes you can embrace those differences. I think it's good to have people in our lives that challenge us. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a limit to that <laughs> yeah, for true. me in a friendship, yeah. but you know, it's okay. I have, I have friends that I have differences we differences with, we have, you know, very different views and opinions on certain things. And, and maybe those are things that we don't talk about, or maybe there are things that we can discuss without getting upset or angry, but just to kind of educate each other mm -hmm. on that well, topic yeah even small differences like the kind of food we eat mm. like you know i i had never tried thai food until a friend uh, at lunch one day was like hey you want to grab some thai and i'm like never had it and they're like oh if you like whatever you'll like thai and i was like great let's do it that little difference like mm -hmm. it just opened my world to a whole new culture of food yeah and I think we also need to, we've talked about trust a lot. We also have to have maintain and respect boundaries. We have to have healthy boundaries and we need to respect the boundaries of our friends. A friendship should be mutual arrangement. It should be where both people are contributing, both people are benefiting, and it shouldn't be one-sided. And I know sometimes I've certainly been in friendships where it's been, where it's felt one-sided where it's felt like me doing all the inviting or me doing all of the, you know, all the work to kind of keep the friendship going. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it should be mutual. It should be a 50-50, sometimes a 60-40. That's okay. But, it you know, it shouldn't stay out of balance for long periods of time. Yeah, because that's not really a friendship. That almost, to me, feels like you're chasing someone. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't yeah. feel good. No. And I know if you're this kind of person if you can help create a community by sharing your friends with other friends, you know, if you're a dinner party kind of person, bring some friends together who don't know one another and, mm -hmm. you know, just cultivate that community. Definitely. I love hosting parties. I just don't uh, always know who to invite. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Just say, <laughs> Hey, you are my people. You go bring some people and tell those people to bring some people. Yeah. What, what fun that would be. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever lived in one of those neighborhoods that did those um, full dinner uh, parties where you start at one person's house with an appetizer, then you go to the next person's house to do the main course, and then you end up at someone's house for dessert or whatever? I've done like the progressive dinner with friends, like going to different friends' houses has never been like in a neighbor, like in my neighborhood, but it's a, it's a really neat thing to kind of like go and transition from one place to the next. My neighbors who moved in, well, they're not new. They moved in like five years ago, but they said, does this neighborhood have block parties or those progressive dinners? We don't, but can we please start it? And then COVID came. So oh, yuck. <laughs> one day they will. They're, they're the kind of people who know how to make friends. Yeah. And unfortunately, like we said earlier, the reason, the season or the lifetime, you know, a friendship might come to an end. And, you know, I think 
there are times we have to let go in our lives and friendships are no different. And so we kind of have a, a list of when it might be a time to move on from a friendship. Yeah. So the the first one kind of ties into what I was just saying, um, you know, feeling like you're not a priority, you know, you're, you're, you're making all the effort, your friends not making any effort um, or very little effort. Um, and, and if that lingers on too long, if it's, you know, it's one thing, if it's a temporary situation, like, you know, when you meet someone, get into a new relationship, maybe you disappear for a while and that's, you know, understandable that happens. But if you feel like you're not being made to be a priority, then that's, that's an issue. Mm -hmm. And that yeah. might be something that, you know, results in the ending of the friendship. Completely. Yeah. When you don't connect on the same level could also be a time. Friendships are best when both people want the same kind of connection. So if you want a real deep connection, but your friend, but the friend can't do that or won't do that the same, you may not feel satisfied with that friendship and it may be time to let it go. Giving more than you take, you know, being the one that's constantly giving in a relationship, friendship, and not really receiving that in return or feeling like you're, that's, you know, something really getting maybe taken advantage of. I know as a therapist, like people tend to want to talk to me and process things with me and that's understandable, but sometimes, you know, it can become too much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's where boundaries are really important. But if you're dealing with somebody who, you know, continues to take and take and take and not give anything to the relationship, then that's, you know, a sign that probably it needs to end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when your friend, I put, you know, friend in quote to quote marks is disrespectful or mean. We were just talking about this. I was telling you, I had an experience like that before where somebody that I considered a friend was just mean. Mm -hmm. I mean, friendships are about support and affirmation. So they don't respect your emotions you know it could be unhealthy if you feel anxious negative when you're with them or thinking about being around them might be time to call it quits they may fall into the category of toxic mm -hmm. also being upfront and honest you know if you have a friend that's being dishonest with you that's you know holding back information um connection is just such an important part of developing trust and, and developing a friendship so you know, being with someone, like I said earlier, that's got their guard up or that isn't giving you all the information, like that's problematic. And so we can't expect everyone to tell us everything. But if you have a good, close relationship, you should feel safe sharing most things, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then if, if the relationship is competitive or the person's jealous, like you find yourself holding back, telling them things you might be proud of just because you don't want to hurt their feelings. That yeah. could be a time, a side to, time to move on. You know, you, you want your friends to be proud of you for the right. things you've accomplished and be glad for you. Right. You want to celebrate them and you want them to celebrate you. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, life does change. Things change in our life. I know when I became a parent, the, people I surrounded myself with, some of them looked different than they did before I was a parent, just because we had different, we, we had different lives, you know, mm -hmm. then it became about, you know, mommy and me time or soccer practice. And that was very different than people who 
who didn't have children and were still able to stay up till three in the morning. It just kind of changed, just like the priorities in our life changed a little bit. And that, that may be a reason you can still maintain some friendships when that happens. But sometimes people totally uh, move away from you when those kind of changes happen. So life changes also like distance, physical and emotional distance. Negativity can be a big one. We mentioned earlier, like your needs not getting met in the relationship or you're not meeting the other person's needs. The one that popped out to me is when you just feel drained after being with them. <laughs> yeah. I always that's pray that's good. not how people feel when they leave me. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I ramble way too much. <laughs> and obviously, if they've betrayed you, that's like an understandable time to move on. Mm-hmm. And on that topic, like, how do we move on? What does that look like? I think we've got a quite a quite a few things that we can do. And sometimes you just kind of let it go. It kind of just slowly ends. Plans are canceled. Mm -hmm. Eventually, you just don't communicate with each other. You don't invite each other. You know, the friendship kind of fades or you have a conversation about it. You sit down, you talk about it, and then you can grow from what you learn. We found a whole like list from a therapist on how to end a friendship. And the therapist said politely. Mm, I like that. I did too. It's a, it's a tough thing ending a friendship. I think I honestly, I'm sure there's been one or two friendships where I've been like, hey, this is it, this is done. But mm -hmm. I think for the most part, they just kind of fade out in my life. Like it's the been ones a long I've... time since I've had like a real ending to a friendship mm -hmm. thank goodness that's always sad it is it is the, I think the time that I had an ending of one that was very significant was just because I was I left high school we left high school and those things changed but I thought I would always be friends with this group of people mm -hmm. and I got caught up in my career and my life and just got real selfish yeah and boy, that hurt to have that person I always looked at as like a best friend tell me that. Yeah. It's like, oh, that yuck. I don't like how that feels. <laughs> yeah. I know as an adult, like when me personally, when I make a new friend, I tend to really want to try to like nurture that friendship. And I try to be the friend that I want, you know, others to be to mm -hmm. me, like show them, model for them kind of what I want and in, in like return. That. And um, I've had I think I was sharing with you, but just before we started recording, like I've had relationships, I've had friendships where I've actually felt like depression when the relationship changed and, you know, the person, something happens in their life and they become not as available mm -hmm. as they were prior to whatever that was. And one yeah. specific, I can think of it, you know, it was a relationship, a new relationship. And as a result, we kind of like our hanging out went from all the time to very, very little or none mm -hmm. at all. And that, you know, I remember that making me sad, like really, yeah. really being disappointing and sad. Yeah, I think it's all it's sad that a person leaves. I mean, to, to leave your friends over a romantic relationship, you know, friendships are usually like some, they outlast a lot of yeah. a lot yeah. of romantic relationships. And I don't think a person should expect that every time you get into a relationship and you abandon them, that they're going to keep being there when you come back looking for right. them. Because, hey, think, boy, you do look for them. Oh, they broke yeah. my heart. Yeah. And I think it's normal to put a little bit of distance there. Just I think it happens kind of naturally because you are excited about this new person. But I also think it's very important to really 
try to focus in on maintaining your friendships and your mm -hmm. relationships. Like yeah. you have to, you have to have priorities and you can't get into a relationship and then that relationship end. And like you said, just expect for the same people to be there to pick up the pieces every few months or year, mm -hmm. however often. And I know part of what we, um, we found said that, you know, sometimes you just can take a break. You can just take a break from socializing for a little while, take a break from that person. And I know this therapist who wrote this information said during that time, you might even consider taking a break from social media. So mm -hmm. you're not just flooded with all of it. So you don't see like, oh, they're out there having all kinds of fun with all kinds of people without me. Mm -hmm. That's all we're talking crap about you. Right. Oh, that's that's hard when you are feeling left out and you see people kind of doing things and mm -hmm. activities that you're not invited to. It feels very personal. Yeah. I have a I told you when we start, I have a big thing about being left out. Mm -hmm. I've had that experience with my family a few times, like in the past couple of years where I didn't get invited to something. I it almost like knocked me in two. It was like broke me to pieces. Yeah. I don't like that. This next example is one that I think I've heard you use a lot of times. Write them a letter. Yeah, like just writing things down. Yeah, putting things in writing, like writing an email, writing a text message, like just, you know, getting getting, getting organized with your thoughts. Um, it's a good way to kind of have, I, I feel two ways about letters. Like sometimes I feel like they're really productive and other times I feel like it's really easy for people to read into them because they can't see you know, your body language, they don't know your tone. So mm -hmm. depending on where they are, when they receive it, that can be a challenge, but definitely taking time to kind of think through your thoughts and putting them down on paper. Even if you don't give the letter to them, it helps you kind of formulate, you know, where you're at. Yes, I agree. And and I think that the decision to whether sit down with someone or write a letter or something comes into play of the dynamics in that relationship. Mm-hmm. Some people are not going to be willing to let go and just sitting down is just going to prolong it. So a letter or a text maybe, or just kind of letting it naturally take its end may be the right thing. And when you do have a conversation, don't be too aggressive or too defensive, you know, just be open. Don't sugarcoat your feelings, but don't blame everybody. You know, don't, don't get into something with them. Be kind. Yeah. It's a no tough need. conversation. It is. And it's hard to hear if you're the on the receiving end of that, like I'm ready mm -hmm. to end our friendship. That's a lot. Yeah. I think it's important too not to play the blame game. Um, you know, that friendship I was mentioning earlier, like it was all their fault and I knew it was their fault, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't truly, say it that. Was. I think it was. <laughs> I didn't say that. I thought it, but I didn't say <laughs> it. You know, I had hoped for some accountability, but that was not the case. Um, so, but, but I think it's important, you know, we don't have to say everything when it comes to ending a relationship. It's not necessarily a time to put, you know, every single issue out on the table. It's like, it's just done. So what's the point in rehashing old things? Mm -hmm. um, I do think, you know, hopefully before you've gotten to the point of ending it, you've had some of those conversations and tried to talk through issues. But if you're at the point of, you know, backing out of the relationship, the friendship, then I think at that point, it's not about who's at fault. It's just about moving on it's a good point you made that you've probably talked about it prior because it would be mm -hmm. quite a surprise if it just like all of a sudden you go I don't want to be friends anymore mm -hmm. that would be really unexpected so I think that's a good point yeah and then 
you know, you get together, you have this conversation, you're not arguing, you're not blaming, you're not getting high on your emotions. Also state what you expect because some people may not hear like, I want to disengage completely. Mm -hmm. You know, they may think two days later, it was good to see you on Tuesday, you know, be texting you and, and your expectation is I don't want anything. Or mm -hmm. maybe your thought is I just need a little time that we're, we're like, you've become, you know, like maybe somebody's just taken up too much of your time and you just need a little break from it. And you say, Hey, I just want to, I'm just kind of unplugging for a week or two, you know? So you just have to tell pe people that you communicate with what your expectations might be. Yeah. You know, I hate that expectations word. <laughs> I do too. I do too. Maybe your hopes, you, you hope that this, or maybe your boundary. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And I loved, you know, this all started with you bringing to mind that uh, poem about that friendships are uh, for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And I actually found an article about examples of friendships that last for a reason, for a season and a lifetime. I thought that mm -hmm. was pretty cool. Yeah. And one of the things I, I liked that the article said was that, you know, even, uh, friendships that are just for a reason that they don't last long at all. It's just like that, that human connection and it makes us feel better and, and it enhances our well-being, our, our mental health, just to have those human connections. Mm -hmm. And it gave a list of like examples of when we may have these reason relationships. And the first one I, I really liked, it's like somebody you meet at the park you're just sitting on the park bench and they tell you about a trip they went on overseas and you know, it inspires you. And you go, I've always wanted to go out of the country. Thank you so much for that. And that's the, that's the conclusion of that relationship. It's over. You don't take the phone number and, and get back together. It's just like a, a moment you share a connection together. Mm -hmm. Or like in school, you know, when you've met a teacher, that's, encouraged you or has you know complimented you on maybe your art or your writing or something creative that you do and that inspires you to go on and become you know like a designer or yeah. some kind of artist like that'd it's, be cool yeah and how about that relationship you were in that just lasted for a few months it was toxic you ended it and it hurt but you learned something from it like you learned how to stand up for yourself Boo. <laughs> 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 lessons from those relationships Boo. <laughs> uh, another one on the list that i thought was funny was you know when you have that friend with benefits for a few weeks before it ends um, you don't talk anymore but they helped you feel more confident about yourself maybe about your body or your self-esteem your self-worth like i've been in that situation where i've been with someone who just kind of made me feel good about myself in that moment and it wasn't really anything necessarily that was long-term just kind of a, a short-lived you know moment in time and that's a perfect example of a reason kind of relationship and it, probably something we needed at the time you know it, it came into our lives right when we needed it mm -hmm. so the season relationships they last longer they do eventually end sometimes amicably not so, right or not so amicably but here are some examples of season relationships you know, like maybe a friend that you made in college and maybe that friend helps you kind of come out of your shell and adjust to living you know away from home and you're no longer really in contact but they made a really positive impact on your life and on your self-confidence and things like that 
Yeah. I think of those kinds of relationships quite a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe you were married uh, a couple of years before divorcing. You didn't have children together or anything, but they were a big influence on your life during a certain time. And you don't see one another anymore, but you know, it influenced who you were and who you became. Yeah. I, one of them, and this is something I really identify with your first boss, maybe taught you a lot about, you know, what your trade or your profession, you no longer work with them, but you remember the lessons. And there was a lady I worked with when I was in the insurance industry. Her name was Maxine. She was my boss. And, you know, she was a hard, like hard lady to work for. And we had a lot of butting head moments But like one day it clicked and I realized like I just need to learn from her and I need to, you know, talk less and listen more. I need to have boundaries. I need to, you know, if I always felt like if she asked me a question, I had to have an answer right away. And then I'd have to go back and like correct that later because I'd give the wrong answer. So I learned like it's okay to take a moment and take a breather and, you know, say I'll get back to you. So that was a big lesson in my life that I credit to her 100%. That's amazing. I think of one of my first bosses too. She hired me. She, I, I had my interview with her. It was right after I got licensed as a counselor. And uh, everyone said she had this reputation. They called her the ice queen. Like mm-hmm. you couldn't permeate that, that tough exterior. She was just like such a professional. Her name was June. She was from Norway. She was the most professional human being I have ever met. But she, when we all got close as a team, she became very human. She was not an ice queen. And mm-hmm. she taught me stuff about professionalism. I mean, she's the reason that I can document the way that I can, because she was hard. Mm-hmm. She was very hard. She would hand us back handwritten 14, 15 page treatment plans. And she had red marks all over them like a school teacher. And we had to redo them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was you know, this was handwritten people long before the word document was a thing. <laughs> um, lots of work, but I learned so much from her. She even taught me like on a budget, you know, the budget of a, you know, $19,000 a year counselor mm-hmm. <laughs> and how to dress professionally and things that I could just not ever, I don't know where else I would have gotten it. And she moved, she went back to Norway and I'm, I text, no, I didn't text her or emailed her. I hand wrote her a letter several times and she exchanged letters with me for a while, but eventually we didn't hear from each other anymore. And I think about her all the time and wonder where mm-hmm. she is, but it was a season, you know, it yeah. is, it is over. And I can still take all those things I learned from her and it made me who I am today, professionally, a mm-hmm. lot of what I do today. Oh, that's awesome. Well, and then we have their long-term relationship. So, you know, a long-term relationship is one that lasts a lifetime. You know, they bring joy, they aid in our growth, they teach us more about ourselves, they teach us about the world around us. Um, You know, it could be a family member, it could be a childhood friend, it could be, you know, somebody that you've met as an adult. But lifetime friends kind of see you go through different stages in your life and support you through it all and vice versa. I totally agree. I hope you're a lifetime friend. Yeah, I think we're absolutely lifetime friends. It's already been like over a decade. So Clearly you haven't gotten my letter yet. <laughs> I'm not writing you a letter. <laughs> I'm just going to cancel. <laughs> and I absolutely love the poem that inspired it. The poem by Brian Decker. I will put a link to it uh, on our uh, 
in, in our show notes with the links to all the resources that we use to create today's episode. So that's, you know, the different types of friendships. And I think, you know, this, this was inspired through things that I've, you know, experienced. And I think, you know, you definitely connected and experienced similar things. I think it's something that all of us have experienced at some point in our life. So I think it's good information. I think there's a lot of really useful information. I think tuning into the nurturing the relationships part is probably like the most important piece in all of this, because when you have relationships, you should nurture them. You should grow them. You should work hard to be a good friend, and hopefully you will get that in return. And as always, don't forget that knowledge leads to a life lived better. Thank you for listening to Life Lived Better with Paula and Joseph.